Welcome to Refresh. This is Pastor Kim Robinson. It's my desire that you listen, that you could experience blessed faith and creative life with this Kicks Ministries and Victory Harvest Church podcast. Hi, this is Pastor Kim with the Refresh podcast. This week's title is Walking in Truth, the Way, and the Life. You know, Jesus made it clear that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And as we embrace him, we can walk in his truth and his way and his life every single day of our lives. We can experience life. We can experience truth. And we can experience his ways. He promises in Psalm 51, 6 this, Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. You know, as he desires truth in us, he brings life to us. Truth and life are always connected, and they are always his very ways. He gives us the ability to walk in his truth and to walk in his way and to be able to walk in the life that he brings and walk in all that life brings through his word. As we embrace him and his truth, his desire to author truth in us and make his wisdom be known in us brings his life to us and he gives us the gift of life. See, he desires for us to embrace and have his truth within us. He's given us his promise here in Psalm 51 that he's the author of truth and he makes known his truth in the very heart of each one of us. The word for desire here is the word called fates. It's showing us that it's his desire that he's pleased to do the truth within us and that he has pleasure and delight in doing the truth. And he wants us to delight and take pleasure and desire and be pleased with the truth. This word also means to move and bend down. And this Hebrew word brings insight in its definition that he bends down. Or in other words, he came to us as he is God, but humbled himself and came to us as a man, Jesus, to reach us. You know, we could see that his word encompasses favor. This word truth brings favor to us. And it brings the complete action and delight of his will to bless us and redeem us and bring goodness to us and give us mercy. You know, and the verses prior to this, it talks about being born into iniquity. And this can bring us a revelation in this way. The word iniquity means the tendency to do the same thing over and over again and to be in a cycle that can't be broken. It means we're born in the tendency to keep doing this because of the fallen nature. It came to us and it put us in a position that goes contrary to the truth. This word iniquity means the struggle and the continuance to go over and over and over the same thing and to reason with opinion above the truth, to set ourselves against the truth. It's described in Romans chapter 7 when the Holy Spirit revealed through Paul that the very thing you want to do, you end up not doing because there is an iniquity driving mankind to sin. And this is what he has set us free from. And the truth has set us free. You know, it says that he delights in the truth and he puts this truth in our inward heart. He is defining that as we accept Jesus, we come to know the truth and the truth sets us free from this iniquity. And, and when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it's by him that we experience that freedom, that we experienced all that he's given through truth, through life, through his ways. See, he has set us free from the law of sin and death. You know, as we look at the law of sin and death, we can correlate it with the law of gravity, just for an example. 
Because as we look at the law of gravity, we can see this example if we really, really study it. See, we can't change the law of gravity. It is a motion. It is a law that has happened. That's the same with the law of sin and death. It's not something that God created. It's something that by mankind's choice came to be. And the law of gravity holds down. You can't move beyond it. You cannot change it. No matter how hard you try to jump, you will always come down. It presses you down. It holds you down. And it blocks you in if you actually focus on what it's doing. Well, there is something that defies the law of gravity. It's the law of lift. The law of lift rises above the law of gravity. You know, the law of gravity is defied as astronauts go into space and the law of lift causes them to rise above it. There's no gravity in space. See, the law of sin and death holds us down. It's not something that we created. It's something that took place. It happened within the heart of mankind. And this is where Jesus reaches. It happened when Adam and Eve questioned and went contrary to the truth and what fruit they ate of. And that was the fruit of knowledge. And it says in Genesis 2, 9, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The scripture goes on to say that the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here we're finding how did this happen? How did Adam and Eve go contrary to the truth? Well, in the garden, there were trees that God made and they were pleasant in his sight. And in the midst of the garden was the tree of life and they could eat of the tree of life. They were experiencing life. They were embracing all the truth of God. They were embracing all the existence of God. They were embracing all the presence and glory of God. And they were eating of this life, the life that was eternal forever. And in the midst of that garden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And these are where there were two choices to be made. And when they took part of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was the mercy of God that took them out of the garden so they wouldn't continuously eat of the tree of life and live separated from him forever. The tree of life was there to bring forth the ability to embrace all of life, to experience the fellowship of life, the covenant of life. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil was there because God created mankind to have a choice. The angels had choices. And the third of the angels went with Lucifer by choice. Two thirds remained in the purpose that they were created for by choice. Lucifer had a choice. His character and his choices shows the spirit and the character and the attitudes of pride and rebellion and self-seeking and self-exaltation. We find this defined through the word of God. And it's even summarized for us in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, where it says, Love not the world, neither, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust therefore. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Well, what is the will of God? The will of God is faith, and to embrace truth and to make the choice to embrace truth, that you could partake of life. Because outside of that, it will pass away. Everything passes away. That's the law of sin and death. It passes away when it's not in life, when it's not in the word. 
Those are the things, the lust of the flesh, the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. This is what Adam and Eve made the choice to eat of, the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of knowing the good, who is the father. He is the goodness of all life. He is bringing goodness. And there is a knowledge of evil, a knowledge of things going contrary to the truth. And this was the choice they made. And all that he has created, every being has a choice. God doesn't want robots. He wants those who embrace him by love. Because he says, love not the world. Love not the things contrary to his ways. Love not the things contrary to him. It says, when you embrace him, you will abide in him forever. See, he promises us as a shepherd as we see him as the way, the truth, and the life. And we choose him and we choose his truth and we seek his way of doing things that the voice of another we will not follow. As we embrace his word and we seek his truth, then all things will be added unto us. He said this in Matthew when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and these things will be added unto you. All these things, all things will be added unto you. His kingdom is a kingdom of truth. His kingdom is a kingdom of blessing. His kingdom is a kingdom of life. And he promises to show us his way as we seek him. You know, the will of God is his truth. His truth defines his will. Jesus brought forth and reveals the will of God. His words and all that the Holy Spirit has spoken to us from Genesis to the very end of the word of God, the Bible, the book of Revelation, is his truth. And as he speaks to us individually, he confirms his truth in us by his word. He always writes his truth within our hearts. And we choose his truth and allow his truth to be confirmed in us by his word. We have the ability to walk in truth, to walk in his ways, and to walk in his life. You know, outside of Jesus, there's no truth. Outside of his word, it's not truth. Everything outside of what he says and what his word declares and what he has declared and what he has accomplished is not truth. He has accomplished the truth because he is the truth. And anything outside of that is not truth. It will fail. It will pass away. See, there may be facts that are circumstantial. There may be circumstantial evidence, but the truth remains in what he said and what he's accomplished. Everything else passes away outside of his truth. If you are believing something different than what God has said, that's outside of his word and outside of his truth, that's unbelief. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as we remain in truth and we embrace truth and we remain in him and his word and we abide in him and his word abides in us, truth prevails. Truth is written in our hearts and faith rises. See, Adam and Eve chose to deny the truth because they chose to go contrary to what truth had spoken. Their unbelief is what brought destruction. We all have the same choice. We've all been set free from what sin and unbelief accomplished if we choose as truth. It is the truth that makes us free. The truth is found in Jesus and his word. The truth was spoken by him. The truth was spoken to Adam and Eve to not partake of the tree of good and evil because when God speaks it, it is truth. And one of the real factors for us to note is that day that Adam and Eve went into this situation that they chose a different direction other than truth. 
They chose to follow another direction other than the truth of God's spoken word, what he had said to them. They believed something different. What was being said to them by the serpent, they moved into that thinking, that reasoning, and they turned. And that's where their faith turned because they chose to believe something other than what God said. That's the definition of unbelief. That's why when you embrace the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you're doing it by faith. You're embracing what he said and you're believing it and you're acting on it. And as you do, then the law of lift is at work in you. The law of the life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is as the law of lift, lifting you up out, resurrecting you in all that he has, all the truth that he is and setting you free from the law of sin and death. In Genesis 16, 17, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in that day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. They looked at it at that moment to decide, Am I really going to believe what he said? Will I really die if I eat this? Will it really bring death? See, It wasn't about a religious law that said, do not do this. It was about believing what God had said. He said that if you eat of this, you will surely die. They didn't believe it. They acted outside of what God asked because they didn't believe what he said. And the word here, eat, is is the word consume, devour, and feed on. They were consuming and devouring and feeding on something that God had not said. That's the unbelief. But Jesus turned it around. He put the truth in our hearts when we ask him to be that Lord and Savior in our lives. He turned it around. He turns it all around in every area as we believe him, as we believe what he said. You know, this word not only means consume and devour and feed. It means infectious to eat of the infectious thing, the disagreeable. The the word evil here means unpleasant and giving pain and unhappiness and misery. It means displeasing. It means to be sad and unhappy and grievous and unkind and distressed and be in calamity and injury and adversity. It means wrongs and worst and wretchedness and trouble and harm and wickedness. And in this was the devouring and consuming of death because they chose to go a different direction other than what God had said. They chose to go into a way to hear something other than he said. Listening to the serpent, you shall surely not die. What he said isn't really true. That really isn't the way it is. And as they devoured that, as they consumed that knowledge of good and evil, then that evil came to them to become unhappiness and giving pain and being infectious and causing them to be disagreeable and unhappy and sent them into calamity and wrongs and wretchedness. And God then put them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of the tree of life that made them live forever unhappy and misery and grievous and made them live in wrongdoing and wretchedness. He wanted to set them free from that law of sin and death. And he had a plan to do it. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, that all this came because the thief came to take life from mankind. He said that he has come, that truth has come, 
that we would have life and life abundantly because he brings it. His truth brings life. His truth is life. His truth is the way. And he has turned it around. The choice that Adam and Eve made to not believe what God had said, that they ate of death, has been turned around because we can believe what Jesus has said and what he's done. And he has turned it to life for us. He has turned his truth to life in us. He has defeated death. He's defeated the evil. He's defeated the thief for us. It's important to know that when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't have to defeat him for himself. He didn't have to defeat the devil. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God wasn't shaking in heaven because Satan had won a battle. Satan was cast out of heaven. He came here, walked on this earth, died for us, rose from the dead to defeat him for us so that we would have the power over what evil the devil had brought, over that misery, over that infectious situation of the law of sin and death. He brought us the power that we would have power through him and what he's done through salvation to give us life, to experience life, and to live as more than conquerors. As we accept him, and his way, his truth, his life, we have the power of life working in us and through us and for us. His truth has brought life and made a way that we are now more than conquerors and overcomers. He's given us the blessing. We can live and walk and have our being in his truth. We can experience the blessing. We can embrace the truth and the blessing of life, the blessing of his goodness, the blessing of his promises, the blessing of his truth. We can experience every minute of every day as our faith embraces him and his word. It's simply by faith, believing what he has said, embracing his truth. He is the author of truth within our hearts. He renews our mind with the truth, the truth of his word. His truth revealed who he is, and it is so complete that he died and rose again to seal it within us, and he brought it to us. You know, John 8, 31 through 32 says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Embrace the word of God. Embrace his word as truth. There is no changing, no turning in his word. It is his truth, and he brought the truth to us. And again, he said, I am the truth. And in John chapter 1, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The truth is who he is. The Word he has brought to us reveals the truth to us. His Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by the very presence of God, and his Word embraced and put in our hearts keeps us in truth by the power of his Spirit. He wants us to hunger and thirst after his truth. You know, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus answered and said, I am truth. That's the very essence of truth. The truth himself. We find the truth in him. And he declares to us that he rejoices in truth. And that he's written it in our hearts. And that he's put the very truth in us. And he makes known his truth to us. See, truth reveals truth. And as Jesus said, I'm the truth, he reveals the truth. He reveals himself. He reveals who he is. He reveals the truth in us. He reveals the truth in every way. He reveals the truth. He reveals the way. And he reveals life. 
You know, there's a story of a group of unreached people and some missionaries determined to bring truth to them, the truth of Jesus. These missionaries studied these unreached people group, their habitat, and their language. And the unreached village was filled with people that had no contact outside of where they lived with any other people. They were secluded and hidden in the country they lived in. No one had ever really contacted them outside of being aware of their existence, their language, and to study their culture and customs from a distance. So these missionaries had a passion to bring truth to them, and they had a determination to reach this group of people. So they not only studied their language, but they learned to speak it, and they translated the Word of God, the Bible, into their language. It took them years to do this with their main passion to translate the Bible into the language that they could understand. Well, the day finally came. They were on their way to bringing the Bible to the village with years of preparing prior to it. And they wanted to meet these people with the years of planning, prayer, and seeing the provision to accomplish the task and all that they had learned and all that they had brought forth. They found the Lord's guidance and how to accomplish it. And they finally came to the destination and they landed their plane in the spot they had studied so long to do. And before they opened their doors, the entire village of people came running to them. They were waving their arms and they were cheering. They had never seen a plane before, and this was the first time they had seen it. But it didn't stop them from coming. They came running, and the head of the village ran in front, reached the missionaries as they came out of the plane, and stood before them and said these words in the very language that the missionaries had studied. They said, what took you so long to get here? The missionaries were stunned. You know, they just were like completely amazed. They asked them, how did you know we were coming? And their answer was so very clear. And it was so very amazing. And it was so full of truth. Their answer was, Jesus came to us and he manifested himself to our village. And he told us who he was. He told us that he was going to send people with his word and that they would bring his word to us. And we've been waiting on you. What an amazing story. You just cannot put God in a box. He manifested truth to them. He revealed to them who he was. And he spoke to them of people coming that would bring his word, his truth to them. And they embraced him. You cannot underestimate God. You cannot underestimate his power. You cannot underestimate what he will do. Because the amazing thing about Jesus is you can never underestimate who he is and what he does and how he accomplishes it. He goes beyond our reasoning. He goes beyond our understanding. He goes beyond what we think and what we do and what we imagine. He tells us not to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. He defies the law of gravity. He defies the law of sin and death. He defies anything that's holding us down, anything that keeps us away, anything that locks us away or pushes us back or keeps us secluded. He is the God of freedom. He's the God of truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He always goes beyond our ability and he always works with us. He always empowers us and he always embraces us. He himself shows up on the scene and we could never underestimate him. Needless to say, these missionaries were so amazed and they were so humbled because it shows that it is Jesus who reaches the people and that we work with him and not for him. There's a difference knowing that you are working with God in partnership and in covenant. 
The truth of that sets you free from striving. It sets you in position of believing. You know, again, Psalm 51, 6 says, Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. He desires that. He takes delight in us. He is pleased with bringing forth and bringing the truth within us, revealing his wisdom that's from above. As James 3 says, it's pure. It's full of mercy and good fruits, bringing peace with nothing missing and nothing broken in our lives, defying the law of gravity, the law of sin and death, meaning the law of sin and death that has held us down is defied and broken because he has lifted us up. He takes pleasure in the truth being within us. He takes pleasure in bringing the truth to us and he's pleased to do the truth within us. He's pleased to do the truth for us and his pleasure and delight in doing the truth in, to, and for us is always there. He's the truth. He desires to bring himself to us in every way, in every part of our life. He wants us to experience life. He wants us to experience his goodness and all of his blessing that he has because he has given us the law of lift. He has given us his resurrection power. He's come to us. He's humbled himself and he showed us by being born in a manger as Jesus to reach us with truth, with who he is, to birth truth within us, to change us, to redeem us, to qualify us and to set us free in his truth. Again, he was delighted and pleased to do this because his truth, his word reveals who he is, his blessing and his goodness. It reveals his person. It reveals his truth. And it reveals that he is encompassing us and bringing us favor. And it is his expression, his love, his faith, and his complete action that's full of the delight of his will to bless us and to redeem us and to bring goodness to us and give us mercy. In James 3, 14 through 16, he gives us direction and insight on the importance of truth. He says, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. It says in verse 16 that it is pride and strife and self-seeking that causes one to rise against the truth. It says it this way, for envying and strife and self-seeking is there is confusion in every evil work. He has set it in motion that he has put his wisdom to be known in our hearts. And that's the wisdom that descends from above. Outside of that, it's wisdom that does not descend from above, as it says here in James 3. In Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5, it says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in the truth. Lead me in thy truth. And teach me, and teach me in your truth. For you art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Embrace his truth. He desires truth in our inward parts. And in the hidden part of us, he makes us to know wisdom. He leads us and he guides us and he teaches us and he shows us his path, his path of truth. In Psalm 25, 10 through 11, it says this, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, and unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. As we keep and embrace his word and we embrace him by faith, we find his covenant to embrace him is by faith. And we find his covenant to walk in his ways, in his truth, is by faith. It's found in his life, in his truth. It's found in the word of God completely and wholly. It is completely his way of doing things, a covenant of faith. It says in verse 11, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. See, here we find the word iniquity again. 
meaning guilt and consequences to the condition to do the same tendency of sin over and over again and something that's caused us to go contrary to believing and receiving the truth. You know, he's pardoned us. He has spared us. He has forgiven us. He's given us his truth, the blessing of truth, the life of truth, and the way of truth. He understands what iniquity has done. He understands the law of sin and death and what it's produced, and he set us free from it. So he desires for us to embrace him and to embrace his truth. And as we do that by faith, we experience life. We can walk in his truth. And you do this as you see his goodness and his love before you. His desire to bless you and his desire to reveal to you his goodness and his mercy. And it's his desire to bring truth within us and to know his wisdom. And when you see that, you will experience the truth in fresh new ways. Psalm 43 verse 3 says, O send out thy light and thy truth and let them lead me. Psalm 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. In Psalm 26, 3, it says, For thy loving kindness is before my eyes, and I've walked in your truth. I've walked is the word yalak. It means to come, to come to truth. And it means to go and to go in truth, to go and make your way and path the way of truth. And it means to proceed and move forward in truth and follow truth and to live and experience all the manners of life in truth. I have walked in your truth. I've come to your truth. I receive your truth. I believe your truth. And I experience the life of your truth and life in truth. And this word also means we do, we go away from and depart from. And what that is saying is as we embrace his truth, we go away from and depart from those things that are not of truth. And we do his truth and experience it. See, he causes us to move forward in his truth, which causes us to move away from those things that are not truth. Yalak also reveals that as we walk about in his truth, that he leads us and brings and carries and causes us to walk in truth along with him. It reveals in this Hebrew word that he makes us to enter into truth and exercise ourselves in truth. This word defines this truth as truth that has been sent and that has come to us speedily as we ask and seek and look to him and his truth. His truth spreads, his truth multiplies, and his truth remains. The definition of this Hebrew word is so broadened in who he is and the truth of all that he does in us by his truth as we embrace it by faith. See, Psalm 86, 11 says, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear or reverence your name. Unite me in truth. I will come forth and walk and embrace and receive and experience your multiplication of truth in my life. See, truth prospers us. Truth heals. Truth prospers our mind, our will, and our emotions. Truth brings the blessing. Truth has been testified of. Truth remains. Jesus is the truth and we're blessed in him. We abide in him and we walk in him and we are united with him and we are in covenant with truth. It's a covenant of love. It's a covenant of life. It is his partnership with us in truth. In 3 John 1, 2 through 4, it says, Beloved, 
I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walk in truth. Experience the life of his truth. Embrace the gift of his truth. Your faith in his word and what he says, what he has done, releases his truth and his grand performance of truth within you in your life. And you will experience his blessed life. Be blessed as you choose his truth and walk in his truth today because it is there for you. Walking in truth, the way, and the life. That is his plan for your life because he has brought forth everything for you to experience the truth of his word and the truth of who he is, the truth of all he's done, all he's accomplished, that you may have life and have it abundantly. Father, I thank you that you have shown us the way of truth and that you desire truth within us and that you have authored and shown and made known to us your truth and your wisdom and your faith. And we will walk in truth, your ways and your life because you have set before us the choice of life and we choose life and we choose your way of doing things. And we thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to a place that we can experience all that you've given, all the life that you have, that you will prosper us in soul, mind, body, in spirit, in every area of our lives, that we can embrace all that you've done and that we will hear you say that you have no greater joy than to hear that your children are walking in truth because you have put it in our hearts and you have made known to us your wisdom and your ways and your life. And we thank you for giving life to us and raising us above all that the enemy tried to produce. And we experience who you are, your victory, your overcoming, and we embrace the victory in you and have your life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Kim is not only a screenwriter, director, and producer, she writes children's books and other publications. If you're interested in more of her Kix Media from Kix Ministries, check out our family faith-based feature films, Pastor Kim's blogs, and our many children's books and publications at kixtv.com.